0: of the conversations with Arthur podcast the last couple of weeks have been crazy to see the list you know all of a sudden it just seems like there's so much to do and so little time to do them but i hope everyone is doing okay in whatever part of the world you're listening to this podcast from um, because it seems like the world itself is also going crazy but i really really do hope that everyone is doing okay and i want to say thank you for coming back again to listen and um, please if you like this podcast please tell a friend about it so today i'm having a conversation with adez in one is a writer she's also an advocate for women's rights and gender equality um she's one of the many people that I know that keep challenging the cultural norms with her work and with her poetry. Literally one of my favorite um, people to listen to. You can literally hear the honesty and the passion in her voice when she speaks. So in this episode, we talk about how culture and religion affects women in society and how some of the things that we see as normal should be readdressed and re-questioned. We also talk a bit about relationship dynamics and also the prevalence of rape and sexual harassment in society. I really hope you guys enjoy this episode and without further ado, let's take a listen. Hi, Ander. How have you been? What's going on with you?
1: Hello, sir. Um, I'm okay. I'm doing great work. What
0: have you been, what have you been up to?
1: Well, 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 advocating Girls Child Talk. Um, I've been doing a bit of research into cultural norms, so mm-hmm. <laughs> I've been taking my time to evaluate what, w- how our traditions and culture inhibit the society, especially women and girls Yeah, So mm-hmm. that's been what I've been up to recently, yeah?
0: So one of the one of the bio on one of your platforms, uh, you describe yourself as a gender vlogger. What does that mean?
1: Oh, that. Thank you. <laughs> I run a YouTube. I used to have a TV show where I talk about issues affecting women and girls,
0: especially Show. Yes,
1: yes. Gender okay. chat show. Um, it's on YouTube as well, where. Topics that people find really hard to talk about. Topics Mm. like um, rape and religion. You know, religion is one huge topic people find hard to, you know, openly discuss about. People can talk about them secretly, passively, but not actively. We are always very afraid of touching on topics that will upset Um, authorities that will make people look at us as rebels so yeah those are the kind of topics i really 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 like to venture into because i need us to start opening our minds into having this discourse we might think everyone is okay but it doesn't benefit us all if certain people feel Silenced. If certain people feel like they are not seen, if certain people feel like they 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 don't feel worthy enough. So yeah, talking about those things actually give us. We might not change it overnight, not at a snap of finger, but it allows others to go back, think about it, and you know, allow them have little changes within their home, their society, or whatever platform they are given.
0: Mm. So give me. Give me an example of one of those radioactive religious topics that you feel like people don't usually like to talk about.
1: Um, For instance, um, I'm a Catholic. I was raised mm-hmm. a Catholic, and I'm still very much active as mm-hmm. a Catholic. And I ask questions like, why don't we allow women to celebrate Mass? Mm-hmm. Is it that the Reverend Sisters who have been called to live off religion they have the different kind of holy spirit inspiring Mm. them and a different kind of holy spirit inspiring the reverend father you would see that there is a common theme among all religion women Mm. not being good enough for certain things for certain positions, for certain offices for certain um, spiritual activities if you follow the activities of the past even as Catholics, you realize that if you're menstruating as a woman, you cannot go to church. You're mm. not allowed to receive communion. Back in the days, those things changed over time. So, yes, how much of this change are we seeing reflect in our society now? In a few parish here in Nigeria, they now allow women to become um, altar servants. Before now, it wasn't allowed. It was like a taboo. Mm-hmm. And you still see people insist that they are not going to allow women, you know, become altar servants. Even now that the the Pope have, you know, sent circular to allow it, you still see people actively resisting that. You don't hear people telling parents to allow their children to come, their girls, their daughters to come, you know, join the service of altar service. So mm-hmm. it just shows you that religion inhibits women a lot. So I deliberately raised this topic. I deliberately asked this question. Why is it that a certain Holy Spirit comes upon all of us? Mm -hmm. If we go by the biblical stories we've been taught, when during the Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit descended upon the apostles, we had the Mother Mary there. We have even the other silent disciples like Mary Magdalene there. So was there a special kind of spirit that came upon the men that gives them the power to be able to break the bread and a different kind of the holy spirit that came upon the women that that makes their own service, you know, a little lesser than the men's um mm-hmm. service? And even among Islam, that's not a topic I'm not I'm very vast with yet. I'm still I'm still trying to learn learn more about um the effects of um their rules and religion or women you still see that if you're menstruating as a woman there are certain things you can't do there are certain places you can't be so there's just a common denominator among all of the religions you see around you hear women are just as good as whatever it is whatever office or role the men are willing to relinquish to them mm-hmm. yeah
0: so i i think for most people would agree that um Culture should evolve over time. But I guess the sense that you're also suggesting that even religion also should evolve over time. Is that what you're saying?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. and yeah,
0: religion if, 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 works so hand as a, in hand. Okay. Yeah, but as a Christian, to... for example, right? Your the Bible mm. is your reference point. And you'd imagine that in the Bible, um, there's the thing where you say the Bible is the infallible word of God. You don't want to add or subtract from it right so how do you want to evolve something that is supposed to be um, the finality of god's word
1: that's a very interesting question here is what you need to understand we've infused most of our traditions into religion what we have come to accept as religion over time is as a result of traditions that were practiced even before the Bible came to be compiled. People who didn't get to meet Christ, before Mm. the era of Christ, they had religions. And those religions were influenced by their traditions and culture.
0: Right, right. Of
1: course, they over time get to tell you those things are sacred they are they are they are the spiritual rule handed over to them by god and over time it got documented the christ we all follow now wasn't Mm -hmm. a christian was it was he Mm -hmm. rather so people 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 look at their environment and get socialized to okay for instance in the Igbo tradition but what we would, um, let's, before now, we would say if a man and a woman separate, the woman, you know, the man can return back the bright price to mm-hmm. the family of the lady, and then, um, you know, there is finality in the marriage. But the incoming of colonialism in Christianity made us now believe that um, divorce is wrong that women should stay for better or for worse i i'm still searching i'm still i'm still searching for the part of the scripture that said it has to be to death do you part where it says you have to until you die and so you you have a lot of um violent marriages that are linked to oh well the bible says this the bible says that Interestingly, now that people are beginning to understand the power they have in ending marriages and divorcing their spouses, we now hear people throw, throw it back to, to women who are living violent marriages that, oh, they're trying to act like the Western um, people. They're trying to practice the Western culture. And I ask them, which of the Western culture, the one that came to tell you divorce was wrong, Or the one that have moved on from that logic and, uh, you know, accepting the fact that, well, their sanity, their health, them being alive is way much more worth than being entangled with um, a partner that doesn't value their lives. So I ask them, which of the Western culture are the younger people actually embracing? Because if you must go by your tradition according to how most of us actually Think or defend these things, you would realize that. Oh, before now, you're actually allowed to end the marriage when it's no longer uh, when your safety is being questioned. Then I remember, if you if you if you beat your wife back mm-hmm. in the days, they will send people from your 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 father's village to go beat up your husband. <laughs> <laughs> so he gets the message that you should right. try it next time. But if he Persistently continues, you're forced to return the bride price. Do you understand mm-hmm. and take back your daughter right. before they will kill your daughter? Mm-hmm. But we we mix up those things. We, we we forget. At what where does tradition begin and where does religion end? People mm-hmm. deliberately create laws in the society and attach it to a deity, to a god, to a spe- because they need you to to be afraid of repercussion. They need you, they need to imbibe the fear of you breaking the laws of the land so they attach whatever traditional or customary rules they are creating within the society and attach a deity or a god that will punish you for breaking those rules you need to understand that that was how religion came to be oh if you do this amadioha will strike you if you sleep with someone someone else's wife amadioha will do this to you if you steal from the market if you then if you go to the market place In a few markets, they still do it. People can leave their their the ways they are selling till the next day. Nobody comes there to steal. Mm -hmm. Nobody comes there to steal because you know if you do it, the gods of the land will punish you for stealing those things. So yeah, those are even though those are cultural rules, they are attached to a certain spirit. They are attached. They they attach a certain spirit to it. Oh, those persons, they are all thieves. You now hear things like say before you get married, they want to go find out from for they want to go research about your family if there is a case of um kleptomaniac in your family. There are people who still, if there are people who are who who have mental illness, mm-hmm. they want to know those things. Those are culture, yet being attached to the spiritual. So, so that, that, that
0: part of our culture, would you say it is effective? Because I mean, people change for good or for bad, and and when you're in a relationship, right? You usually put your best foot forward. You always you're on your best behavior before you eventually it transitions into marriage. So there are always things that you would find out once you're in the marriage. There are always things that your partner would hide from you um, while in the relationship, right? So like, what personally for you, what are the what are the things that you're looking out for, saying, talking stage, or what are your red flags that you you feel like okay, this this can actually almost pretend for something more sinister than this
1: thank you in in a relationship um I, I i look for how how kind you are i think because a lot of times we we want to see the big um red flag the you know how you're treating people how how is he responding to others how is it reacting to others we're looking for that big big action for us to take a cue from then we miss out on the simple things of how this person treats those under them those that probably don't have the ability to respond back to them if they say for instance here you walk into a bank you know for a fact that the the staff attending to you or the security man at the bank can't can't afford to you know respond back to you if you're not nice to them they just you know have to ignore you i'm interested in those simple behavior because it just says a lot about you you know for a fact that that person can respond back to you so you you talk down on them you 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 make fun of people i i don't, I don't i'm not okay when you make fun of others for, for what is the gain in that then you have to look at someone and you make fun of them you make them feel little about themselves what is funny about about it, actually, what makes it okay? Those little things actually matter to me. If you if you see someone on the streets and your first reaction is to look at their appearance and make snide remarks about them, it worries mm-hmm. me. It's mm-hmm. it's it's it's. It, it, I'm, I'm thinking if you think this person is not worthy of your your space, then What makes you better, really? You're human just like them. It's just privilege that has given a few of us maybe more leverage than the other person. I I don't think there's anything special about either of us for us Mm -hmm. to be where we are. So yeah, those those little things actually matter to me. I pay attention to that. I really do pay attention to that. Yeah.
0: Okay, so I guess as we dive into... Or more questions. I should just say, if there's a question you're not know, comfortable answering, you, you can just pass. You don't have to answer, answer it, right? Um, okay. So okay. I'm wondering, I'll give you, I'll just throw some things at you and know, you tell me how you feel about it. Is cheating a deal breaker for you?
1: Absolutely. <laughs> mm. Oh, sure. Okay. I, I, I think, I think a lot of times we've come to, you know what's interesting when i actually have conversation with men and they tell me oh a woman that cheats that's the end for me and i'm like boy you're cheating on her and they're like oh well men are not allowed to cheat but a lot of people would hide it a lot of women rather would hide it so when people say Oh, women are supposed to be ascribed chastity and fidelity. I laugh. Chastity or fidelity has no gender. It has no. It has no sex. It's, it's, so, it's
0: are you are you are person. you on on the on the record saying that women cheat just as much as men cheat?
1: Absolutely, they're just better <laughs> at covering it. <laughs> they are just better, way better at covering it. And here's the thing: it's not even for for the fact that they are choosing to cover it. But the fact that a lot of us have this notion that they are saints, they are chaste, mm-hmm. they are holy, they are those good people. So we don't even see it right there in our nose while it's happening. We mm-hmm. ignore the signs that would naturally make a woman start looking at, a, at, the, at her partner like, oh, he's doing this. Let me start snooping. Let me start you know, trying to find out what's going on. Let me get to the end of, the, of this mess. Because we've already ascribed this chastity and fidelity to them, so we don't mm-hmm. we don't see the, the the signs there when they start you know doing the things that they are doing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they're just better at covering up. So and, when and you it's about individuals, really.
0: So when you say it is a deal breaker, right? Is it black and white, or are you interested in the context? Who he cheated with? What was the situation? Or is just black? and white, I'm really are you not on interested. Him? I.
1: I for, for things like that i think a lot of time we get we get um we make excuses for for <laughs> we make up excuses for people are there going to be times when you get tempted to do things that are but i need you to to ask yourself if it's worth it for me i really need you to question if if it's something you really want to Want to carry out if it's something you want to you know see to the end. If it's something you think you want to see to the end, be sure that you have considered it worthy enough. It is worth your time. It is worth your mental space. It is worth your emotions. It is worth your relationship. It is worth it for you. That's why you 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 know going through with it. Yeah.
0: So okay, do you agree that people evolve over time?
1: I do agree that people evolve. Okay, I so that have you
0: always cheating. held this view?
1: Yes, this is me.
0: So there was never a time where you would have, you know, done the blind eye to cheating?
1: Let me tell you what I used to do as a teenager or as a young girl in my late uh, teens and early twenties. When I noticed something is happening... I don't go finding out. I pretend like it doesn't, is not happening. So I run away from really seeing it happen until somebody confirms it. I'm not looking for it. I'm not. I, I deliberately don't want to know. I don't mm. want to know. I used to lie to myself. I used to deliberately just lie to myself because I really do not want to know. But I realized that that is me lying to me. I was constantly living. A false life trying to pretend to myself, to my spirit, that this thing is not happening when it's obvious that it is happening. So I. Even when anything that that is likely to make me confirm the situation is -hmm. going to happen, I run away from the situation because I don't want to know. I don't want to accept the truth. But you have to question why don't you want to question the truth because you're afraid of losing the person. Is the person is afraid of losing you, you're mm. the one losing your mind, thinking you don't want to know, telling yourself, you really don't want to see to the end of this, telling yourself that no, 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 no. It's better you, you, you live in ignorance of it. But the truth is you're suffering. You're actually mm. suffering. So what's the point of the... Suffering, if you're not just going to end it, heal from your pain and you know move on with your life. Mm. Why forever stay in the pain? And that is what we do a lot of time. We want to lie to ourselves that it's not real, it's not there. So we suffer, we continually suffer, and you know. It affects us. It affects every facet of our life. At the end of the day, it affects even your productivity at work. It affects your relationship with others. It affects everything around you. So, what's the point? Why do you lie to yourself?
0: Hmm. Interesting. Okay, let's uh let's go a bit into some of the gender related issues that I mean you see in everyday life. Have you ever gone to um a restaurant or just go to a place where you're not allowed entry because you're a lady?
1: Here's my experience with um, going to spaces that I'm not allowed to. Uh, my, my own experience is less not being allowed into such spaces. It's more of if I'm giving a voice, if I'm mm. recognized or seen. I'll give you an instance. During youth service uh, on camp, my platoon leader to select a platoon leader. And um,
0: And wait, so youth service is like NYSC, something they do in Nigeria? Uh, yes,
1: NYSC, the National Youth graduation. Service. It's a compulsory one-year thing here after after graduation from right. university. Right,
0: okay. Mm-hmm.
1: So we are platoon commandants who are supposed to be members of the Nigerian army, yeah? We are like, mm-hmm. um, let's select someone. You have 24 hours to choose who will become your platoon leader. And the majority of the people there wanted me. So the next day when we came on the campground, he was like, oh, have you chosen who you wanted? And they were like, they're all caressing. Oh, we want her, we want her, we want... And he goes, ah, ah, now woman who now won't <laughs> <You understand>?
0: choose. <laughs> you, guys,
1: you guys want to choose a woman. Uh-huh. He now said no that we should vote. You now have to do elections. So selection wasn't okay. He now mm. needed us, he needed to convince us that choosing a woman wasn't good enough. So he chose a guy that he thought was good enough. A guy who has been trying to, you know, get himself, get himself out there. And he now asked us to vote. Everybody raised their hands. In each platoon, you have hundred persons in a platoon, right? Everyone mm-hmm. raised their hands and we counted. The guy had just five votes. Those so five, five votes for him were those who went to school with him who are his friends from university. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then the, the remainder were my votes and he couldn't help himself. He was like, ah, ah, ah. Now one woman, now wow. Do you understand? He just couldn't believe that people would choose a woman over a man. He, in his head... Leadership is um, gender-based. In his head, leadership is about sex. Certain sex Mm -hmm. can't perform the role of a leader. And it's interesting to know that I actually helped my my tattoo win a lot of laurels while in the camp. Mm -hmm. Our competition was always well-organized and top-notch. Not because I was even looking out to, to lead, but I just enjoy organizing it's something i have a flair for i love the idea of being in spaces where i'm doing something i'm adding value i don't just like to be one of those people who come and go i like to add value but that's not what we see in society a lot of time Mm -hmm. for all we care it's not about competence it's not about who has something to offer it's always about what sex are you what's this person's gender that's just one of it. When I was, uh, um, before this experience that I just shared, and I was a, uh, no, after it, I think, a a few years after it, when Mm -hmm. I was uh, a member of the Catholic Youth Organization, and they were preparing for a program, I'm trying to remember what the program was about. It happens, say, once in 10 years or 15 years, depending on the diocese, And they needed um, the Catholic Youth of the whole of the state to send a representative for the program. And the conditions where they have this person has to be graduated, this person has to be to have been an active member of the CEO this person must be in the executive capacity, this person must be this, this person must be that. So the conditions of whoever they are sending were so high. So even if some people were meeting, like say 50% or 20% or 70%, they weren't meeting a 100%. Guess what was happening? every member of the executive were looking to send a man. So they were deliberately just asking themselves how to fine-tune these rules to send a man there. They mm-hmm. were mis- spreading their tentacle. It was like a few weeks to the last day of, of, of sending lists that someone had to mention to them like, okay, so why are people not sending another? Is there a reason why we are not sending nada? So they were like, ah, ah, would she want to go? But you didn't ask me. You were looking for someone who was, who was going to somehow fit into 90% of the requirements. And you people will probably make excuse for why you can't fit in for the remaining 10% just so that you can send. And I think it's because we've been socialized over time to think in terms of, leadership as being a man it's not a lot of times it's not because people are consciously doing it It's because we've been socialized to think that's what's best for us so Mm. when you see a woman who can do better it becomes a case of oh why is she rebelling Mm. oh why does she want to behave like a man no she's not trying to behave like a man she just has the capacity to get the work done leadership is not manly leadership Mm. is just about you know getting something done, leading, charging people to get things right and you know, focusing on driving a change. So a lot of times we we we've been socialized to actually think I was I traveled for a while. I was gone for like a few months. So when I came back, I took my friends out. We went to a restaurant. I was like, ah what's up? It's been a while. Let me host you guys. So we went to a restaurant. We made so much noise but like it's been really long. So we're all we have so much days to talk about, and, and it was time to pay. I called the guy who served us, who served our table, to bring um, POS the and bill. all that. And mm-hmm. when he came, right. yes. And then uh, when he came back with the bill and the POS, he went to the guy close to me, not hmm. me who called him to give me the POS and the bill, not even the other ladies that I brought around. He went to the guy close to me because for him, it's just easier for it to be a dude that is paying the bills. And okay, that's okay so because it's what being socialized to
0: theory. think. Exactly. So I have a pet theory around that. Now, and I'm not excusing it, but I'm trying to explain why I think that that, that behavior is so prevalent and pervasive in our society, right? Um, do you think that women have a role to play in that outcome because if you think about it right um the ideal the ideal situation in how society and culture brings up the guy is that he's the provider he's the head of the family he's the one that carries the burden financially of the family and so my pet theory is sometimes that same society reinforces that patriarchy by financially rewarding the guy more so that he can meet up with those demands. It's like a demand and supply Absolutely. thing. So Absolutely. So you would imagine that if women always feel like I'm not going to share any financial burden in the household with my husband or my boyfriend... My money is my money, but his money is our money. You also expect society to also kind of pander towards that kind of mindset, and here, he would expect that if guys always pay for everything, this guy you went out with would also pay for the meal.
1: Here's the thing that will shock you about your theory: is that a lot of women give their their partners money secretly mm. because mm-hmm. the society judge them for doing so. Because the society is going to make them feel bad for, you know, according to people sponsoring a man. Mm-hmm. So it's not, tr- it's not true that a lot of women are not playing their role financially at home. If you check out a lot of homes, at least African homes that I know in Nigeria for a fact that I know, a lot of women actually make payments, but they will do it behind they don't want their kids to know that they are the ones running the home financially, so they hide and do it. So it's a lie. That's it's it's it's, it's false. It's it's false patriarchy. It's false sense of oh men do it. That that gives us this idea that they are the ones doing it. I have colleagues. They buy a car. They give it to their husband because they don't want people to know they are the ones who made the payments for the car. They hmm. give it to their husband. They need to. They need to. Hide that they are the ones running the home financially. I have a friend. He said until he graduated he said their dad, um, that dad um, retired from service while he was still like in his early teens. Mm-hmm. He said until he was almost graduating from the university, he never knew it was their mom that was running, taking mm-hmm. care of their their school bills and all that. And that was because he got to find out because he was talking to the dad, and dad mm-hmm. casually said he was supposed to be going back to school, and dad casually said, oh, go and tell your mother. When you went to meet the mom, the mom was like, ah, I don't have it to, go and meet, go and meet tell your father that I don't have it to. The moment he left them, like, well, later in the evening, I'm going to have this discussion. By the time he came back in the evening, the father handed over the money to him. It, it took him, playing back the scenario in his head for it to hit him, like, wait, wait, what? My mom has been the one. Truly, my dad is not even working anymore and you know what it is a pension in nigeria and
0: how you <laughs> can stay forever
1: and wait for your pension,
0: pension so it, it is
1: my mom has been the one making taking care of our business so it's not true it's not true though the whole lie where we tell the girl child you tell the girl child that she's supposedly dependent on a, on a man and you tell the man that it is your responsibility to take care of the home financially. It's all a lie. It's all a fault. So people are pretending that that's what's happening in the society, but that's not what has always happened. So all those women you see in the market selling things, trading things, these women going to work, who exactly are they spending their money on? I mean, Mm. please make it make sense. Tell me they just buy bags (laughs) and shoes. That's all they do. So they
0: pretend like
1: they are not the ones running the home. They They are not putting in their own quota in their family. They pretend, we ask. Let me, make, let me make you laugh. I used to date someone who I was, you know, way, doing way, way better than. When we we'll go out, I give him money under the table so he can pay, so he can pretend to be the one taking me out. Yes, because that wow. is what society demands of us. Yes. So I pretend like he's the one doing the hangout with me, paying for the bills, whereas I was, you know, quietly just giving him money under the table. That is yeah, not shame. If you want to pay claim. for the
0: meal, I'll let you pay. I do, I don't, there's nothing embarrassing about that, really. If you want to pay for the meal, because fine. because
1: people know better now. Do you understand? People grow. They know better now. Like, why exactly do I need to pretend? This was me. I mean, I was in my early 20s. I was, I was young. Of course, growing now, I know better. Like, why do I have to pretend to be doing something that I, I am the one who is doing it, anyways? So it's all a lie. It's a lie we constantly tell ourselves again and again and again that, oh, well, the men are the ones running the financial work, what, 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 the women and blah, blah, the women bringing, the bacon. the one, the, 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 the little amount that the society forces them to aim anyways, they still bring it back home. Mm. They still bring it back home. What are they spending the money on? A woman is like that. To spend it more on home, maybe for those who have kids, than they are to spend for themselves. Mm.
0: The
1: men want, the men Still, think about taking a break, quickly hanging out with their friends on a Friday to go hang, take a drink here and there. The woman is thinking this money is not going to, you know, to be enough to buy this for the son, it's not going to be enough to pay for so 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 and so 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 so. So, they are not even spent, they will sacrifice their personal needs for their children's needs, for the home needs. So, that is really not true. This and this patriarchy, um, standard that we create that we insist on having it affects everyone but the men and the women because when the man is oh yeah broke, it puts bro- too
0: much pressure on the man that's the thing it yes, puts too much pressure man on the man is I,
1: even broke i, I think um, patriarchy talks to both the
0: man yeah to both the man and the woman if you ask me.
1: yes he's thinking as a matter of pride you shouldn't ask his partner what nonsense pride is making you not to ask a partner when you're broke when you've been you know living up to expectation by yourself anyways when You've been, you've been putting your best foot forward. You've been trying. You've been making so much effort. But things are just not you know, looking up for you right now. So what is wrong in you having your partner pick up the slack? So when you now see a woman, for instance, because what I, I see, see that happening around here a lot. and you now see a woman, for instance, she buys a car. She's not willing to give the car to the husband. Because it's, it's a sweat anyways. It becomes a problem at home. They call family meeting. (laughs) They report her to the the pastors in church. They say things like she's being proud and arrogant. She wants the whole world to know that she's the the one taking care of the family. Duh. She just bought a car. She's not trying to let the whole world know that. (laughs) Do you understand? Yeah. people, People want to force you to continue to pretend that you are not bringing anything to the table and they want to feel like his ego is bruised like oh my goodness oh you don't want to give me the car you want the whole world to know that you're the one feeding the home hey calm down that has nothing to do with your ego calm down (laughs) so (laughs) i know it's it's,
0: i know that you work um i I know that you work with um young do you stay in where do you stay in uh, abuja or lagos in Abuja, my so you stay, in Abuja. Okay.
1: stay in Lagos. Yeah.
0: Okay. So I know you work with a, a lot of young um, young girls. What can you speak about what you do with them and what you do for them?
1: Mainly, what I do with young girls, my 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 work revolves around um, helping them evolve and managing the trauma and healing from their past experiences, especially girls that have been raped, that's the girls that have been molested. I use poetry and so much um, talk and counselling to help them find their path. And not just Mm -hmm. that, for those who are interested in pursuing um, whatever career they are interested in, I guide them through it, help look through um, courses and studies, or even sometimes it could just be um, gaining skills that can help set them through life. We really don't like to talk about Rip. Rape sounds like mm. um it's not it's not like it sounds like it's a huge taboo It's your your families are likely to tell you to shut up and you know swallow it and pretend like it didn't happen to you. So a lot of people walk around carrying their pains around, carrying their trauma around and acting like they are not they are not feeling pain, that they are not dying inside of them whereas they are dying. So use poetry to help people to help your girls heal, help them write out what they're feeling, express their pain, express their emotions. Because the more you can share what you feel, the better you become. You start healing. You start finding that you're, you are not your experience. You are not that person. Because we stay in that victim mentality for so long. We forget to become ourselves. We forget to grow and, and heal and become better people. So, yes. I go to schools and, yeah, not just talking with girls. When I go to schools, for instance, to go have discussion, I have discussions with both men and women, boys and girls, rather, mm. and helping the, girl, the boys to understand their role. That the, A lot of times, this thing where we want to prove to our to our age grades, to our friends, that we, too, are men. We, too, mm. are, are those alpha male that, can command the attention of a woman where we feel entitled to a woman's space or our body or our time or our attention is is really not okay it's damaging our society it's damaging people so yes this is basically it. i really really am very much concerned about and how
0: did you how did you first get into how did you first get into this why did you start working why why did you why why is it a passion of yours
1: a shift into this was um, during my youth service. I met a young girl, <clears throat> a young girl from the north who likes to come to our hostel then to design well, this, um, what this haina on our bodies. What, what, what year? What year
0: was your NYSC?
1: 2005.
0: Wow. So this is what this is. Um, ten. <laughs> this is like what, 15, 16 years ago. Yes.
1: Yes, 16 years ago.
0: My goodness. Okay.
1: I have a girl who comes to our hostel to design our bodies with hyena, okay. and she always wants to, you know, just sit down and listen to us. And she, one, one of those days that she came around, she said she wanted to go to school, but her parents wanted to marry her off. She was just crying and they want to marry her off to someone who is really old. This girl was barely, I don't think she's up to 14. She's really beautiful. I really don't think she's up to 14. She's a really small girl, but she's really good at designing Haina. Like, she's super good and very, very fast. Like, fast. She comes up with different designs, and we all just love her. In the hostel, we used to just give her money even when she's not designing on us. And I really couldn't understand why it was okay for any parents who want to give up their child to one old person somewhere and not even as the first or second wife, the third wife, the third wife. What is she supposed to do with herself as a child? For me, I consider that as rape because there is nothing, there is, there is, no, uh, uh, there is no legal thinking or religious thinking that's need to, or cultural thinking that's going to make me think in this time and age where we are better informed about the diseases associated with um, fistula and early marriages and all that, is okay, it's fine, it's justifiable. For me, it wasn't justifiable. I kept asking her, that's what will she do can she talk to their uncle can she talk to that man she said everybody that including her mom wanted her to be married off that um because their father can't take care of them and Mm -hmm. um, it was just the easier route so this is us um, using religion and legality to prostitute young girls' hearts. Because for me, for all I care, that's prostitution. And the adults who is willing to do that, that's rape. For all I care, it means you're not willing to help a child if you have the ability to do so, until you can actually own the person, until you can possess the person, until you can inflict pain on the person. That's that is you saying, even though you're a child, you've got a nice bright future, even though you you have something that you can offer the world. I would rather use you. I would rather force myself into you before I can give value into you. It's, it's just crazy for me. So yes, I started really having conversations. So when I see other girls around me, I ask them questions. You have girls that have been touched. You have girls that have been forcefully married up because one 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 neighbor somewhere had raped them. So mm. out of shame, out of... Out of um, embar- not feeling, well, not wanting to feel embarrassed, the parents will, you know, forcefully marry them off to the person. How are you rewarding a rapist by giving off the child, the victim, to the person? Please, yo, mm. for all I can, you're rewarding the person. You should, this person should be in jail and you should throw away the keys into the ocean. Why are you rewarding the person? So it means people can deliberately, deliberately seek to look for a little girl, rape them, knowing fully whether they will be rewarded with a marriage, with the person.
0: It's so crazy. rape, rape is such a very, very serious thing, and, uh, but the the institution in Nigeria that is supposed to combat and you know prosecute offenders is also very weak. Because I think the last time that I checked, I don't know if it has changed now. I think they they required some form of evidence was it a video some some very yes. ridiculous is like a video evidence or yes. is it some a third party must have been there you know just a Thank bunch you. of very stringent unrealistic um things that needs to be in place before you can successfully prosecute really somebody
1: impossible for you to get justice
0: but but here's the, catch, here's the catch
1: though here's the catch
0: if yeah, for every for every honest and truthful rape accusation right there's also a false accusation and so statistics no, I, no i'm not talking numbers i'm not saying they match each other of course the the very the very honest um allegations i can imagine that they'll be they'll be true i'm not saying what i mean to say is so let's say you have a hundred rape allegations and 99 of them uh, are found to be true yeah then you have one that is found to be a false accusation right so i'm not saying that the numbers match or tally but i'm I'm trying to give an example of would you say it is realistic for that one person who is falsely accused to be um, a collateral damage for the 99.
1: False allegations happening yes but what's the statistics compared to those allegations that are true that are mm-hmm. real and what's either is the level of compliance in actually punishing people one you need to realize that a lot of women or people because it's not just women that have been raped a lot of people who have experienced rape don't talk about their experience they're too ashamed to talk about it mm-hmm. They are going to rather die in silence than talk about it. They are never going to tell anybody about their experience. Maybe on their deathbed, maybe they might talk about it. A lot of people would rather die in silence. The shame is always, the enormity of the shame is always too much for them to share. It's always way, way too much for them to share. So when you have those viewers who are finally able to get past the same, or what the society is going to say, and finally do speak up. Do speak up. We do exactly this thing where we question them, mm. where we torment them, where we make them relieve their experience again, for them to, you know, now decide that, oh, you know what, I'd rather just withdraw, I'd rather not talk about this thing again. So they become an example to others, like you see, see how they embarrass the lady. And that's, we even do it even in families here. Oh, you're not going to in, 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 in disgrace us. Shut up. They, they shut you up here. The shame. This, the, the families don't want such um stain, according to them, on their name. So they would rather shut up, shut you up, and ask you not to talk about it. So when we find the few who are talking about the stains, how many times do we really get the law to prosecute? And when they prosecute, how many times do we really? get proper justice for the victims that we are so concerned about the maybe less than one percent or two percent of the false accusation. why is that way more important than the gravity of the crime itself that is being committed right under our nose Mm -hmm. a lot of us see it and we pretend like it is not happening we light ourselves that it's not happening because we are afraid of uh, how people are going to react we are afraid of the consequence of what we might lose. We see it even in offices. I have friends, especially in government agencies, who get told to shut up and pretend like it's not happening. Parents see it happening to their daughters. Colleagues see it happening to themselves because the power is tilted against the victims. So people will rather pretend like it is not happening. People will rather just keep quiet and You know, move on. They they bury it at the recess of their mind. They don't want to remember that they've been molested. So they keep quiet and not talk about it. So when we see the few people who are finally able to talk about it, why are we more, why does it not worry us that we are not getting justice for the ones that are truthful? This thing is prevalent. If If we were getting enough justice, don't you think it should reduce the number of cases we are hearing about in our communities? back before the so-called christianity when we know that you can be ostracized from the society you know that the level of rape then was low right Mm. when Mm -hmm. you know justice is instance they take you to the shrine and they deal with you the level was way way lower right but now Mm -hmm. because we know we can't drag court cases like forever we know we can afford to shame the victim for forever we know we can afford so if the person is a powerful person who has committed a rape, you know he knows he can use his influence to make sure you can't get your daily bread. So the people will rather keep quiet and pretend it's not happening around them. You know, even in churches, are going to the pastors are going to just use their influence to shut you up. Even pastors that are doing it. Do you understand? So mm-hmm. we we are focusing on the less than how many percent of what is false, accusi- false accusation? false accusations? Because for all I care, robbery. We have. Robbery that are, that, that are false, that evidence shows that is not true, anyways. But why do we give much attention to robberies? You even get jungle justice on the street, sharp, sharp for robbery cases. You go to the market, you still get jungle justice. It's instant, it's fast. But when it comes to the issue of having people's body violated, having somebody perpetrating a crime as heinous as rape, why are we much more interested in focusing on that? which is not prevalent, which is the falsehood we are talking about, than that which is actually much prevalent. Why are we not asking ourselves why we are not getting faster and swifter justice? Why are we not interested in looking for ways to curb this minutes? Why are we not thinking of raising better people who, who know that they don't need to force themselves on others, who know that respecting someone's no means no, so respecting someone's yes means yes, who knows that consent is absolutely, absolutely important in whatever sexual dealings they are having with someone else, why are we not much more interested in that? Why doesn't that worry us more? Because if you listen to a lot of young people, it's scary. Sometimes I I ask myself, how do we do it? We go to church and lift up holy hands. We pray morning, afternoon, evenings. In the night, I can't sleep because there is a a, a lot of blurring of, of horns of, Either churches of mosque call to prayer. Yet, the kind of things I hear people talk about uh, uh, in in terms of being molested is mind-blowing. It's so mind-blowing. Why doesn't that worry us more? That should be what we should be fixing. We are damaging people. Why are we not trying to fix that? Why so are we much more concerned about that one, two percent of falsehood? Are there falsehood? Yes, but we should, we should we should be way way yes there should be punishment for for, for somebody lying and all that. Well, but that ends my focus because the the numbers the numbers compared to the reality of those who have been molested is insignificant. It's so why does that concern us why do we show more empathy to that than those who are the real victims there it's not as if we can't hold the two emotions of mm. showing empathy to someone who has been falsely accused and all that mm. but you rarely see the same energy for victims you rarely see this you, even your family will tell you to shut up and pretend like they'll tell mm. it's a taboo you should shut up and not talk about it bring it to any of your siblings, they'll tell you to shut up. just pretend like it's not happening. So we pretend that it's not happening. So why doesn't, why are we not willing to show the same kind of empathy? Why? Why exactly is in us that is making us not to see victims as human beings who need healing, who need justice, who need a better space to find themselves? Why? Why doesn't that worry us?
0: Wow um <laughs> that uh that was um uh, i don't know that was insightful like i said i i hope nobody listens to this and think i'm sympathetic to to rapist or any any um gender-based harassment or violence i think where i was coming from was um just understanding that there are things that i don't know and there are things that i don't have answers to um uh, we like I th- I think what you said about maybe we should focus more on the victims. I think I totally agree, but I think when 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 it hits home and you know one day a brother, a sister, a friend who you think you can vouch for is accused of these things and you know then you just asking yourself, well it, it could be me tomorrow. Uh, I don't know, man. See, like I said, my thoughts on these things are still evolving.
1: I really do hear you. I really do understand your concern. But here's the thing. When we start, when people are now deciding to use false accusation as a weapon, are we not supposed to reflect and ask ourselves, uh, why are people now using this as weapon? Because mm. we are not doing the basic to investigate, to fix the problem. If mm. someone somewhere is deciding that this is a weapon that I'm going to use, then it means the law enforcement agency that are supposed to investigate, get to the root of the matter, make sure they they remove... um, Because you even go to police station, when you go to report this. they ask you questions like, didn't you enjoy it? Yeah, I mean, I enjoy being raped. Like, seriously. (laughs) Like, seriously. So if people who are actually paid to deliberately find answers are Mm -hmm. not finding answers, they're not interested in doing that, you will keep having people weaponizing these things because you're not creating an avenue for people to, who are real victims to find answers to. When the real victims are not finding answers, you always have the bad eggs, who are going to weaponize these things. So, yeah, that will keep happening until we sit down reflect and try to, you know, give justice to real victims. When you start doing that, you find out that you can you, 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 others will start sitting up and know that they can't weaponize this anymore.
0: Gotcha. Um, uh, do you have any final words? Where can people find you? Is there something you're working on and you want them to look out for?
1: Yeah, my Instagram, um, Adeze Wankor. just search, Adeze Wankor. I'm currently writing a book, um, hopefully, before soon enough to be out i don't i there's no timeline on it so i'm i'm still writing i'm still compiling a book of poetry and mm-hmm. um, it's a bit of um, everyday experiences happening around me on life family relationship love heartbreaks re- even rape and the rest so yeah um hopefully to be out soon for people to be able to read you can find me on Facebook there's a Chrysling One call. Addise One Core it's my it's my handle on Facebook. I'm usually much more active offline these days because I've <laughs> been busy <laughs> I've been busy doing some communal volunteering. So right. I'm more more offline these days than I am online for a while now, yes.
0: Well, thank you Adese it was when really inside when it was a wonderful conversation to to have had with you thank you for your time thank
1: you so much for having me i really appreciate the platform to talk about this kind of um issues i love that you're open to you know diving into things that um people find hard to open themselves up to that was really nice of you thank you so much
0: all right thank you